0: Welcome to the Think Data Podcast, brought to you in partnership with DataWorks. If you want to stay up to date with the latest breakthroughs and trends in the world of data and artificial intelligence, and if you're curious about some of the strategies that companies and founders use to launch data and AI products, then you're in the right place. Our aim is to bring together a diverse lineup of fantastic guests, From the founders through to accomplished leaders and product owners at some of the most fascinating data and AI companies worldwide, they will each offer you their own unique insight into what it takes to launch and scale a great data business. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the episode. This is episode two of the second season of the Think Data podcast, And our podcast is presented in partnership with DataWorks. And today, I think it is a first actually, I'm very excited to have Suman Kanaganti to the show. Suman is the co-founder and CEO at personal.ai, and they've been making a huge amount of noise within the AI space. As I alluded to just now, it's certainly a first for me because today we're going to be not only interacting with Suman, the person, the founder behind Personal.ai, but actually the AI itself. Uh, For those that don't know, Personal.ai uses your own data and opinions to create a completely unique interactive messaging experience. Um, I'm really, really pleased to obviously... uh, Welcome you to the show. Um, what I would love to understand is the background to you and when you came up with the idea for personal.ai.
1: Hey, Alex. Thanks for your interest in my background and the idea behind personal AI. The concept for personal AI actually came to me when I realized the immense potential of using AI to create personalized digital avatars. I saw an opportunity to develop virtual beings that could assist individuals in various aspects of their lives. It was a moment of inspiration that led me to start Personal AI and embark on this journey to redefine how people create, collaborate, and monetize their creativity. It's been an exciting adventure so far, and I'm thrilled to see the impact Personal AI is making in the creator economy. By leveraging AI and Web3 technology, we're enabling individuals to access a creator's time, knowledge, and creativity through their own personal AI. It's all about empowering creators and unlocking their full potential. Now, I'm curious to know, have you ever used any AI-powered tools or platforms that have made a positive impact on your life?
0: Yes, I think the number one is Siri. I rely on Siri for everything. I also rely on Alexa for reminders, for helping me with my calendar. Um, so I think that, for me, is a, is a complete game changer in a very busy household.
1: That's great to hear, Alex. Siri and Alexa are indeed amazing AI assistants that can make a big difference in managing a busy household. They can help with reminders, scheduling, and even provide information on the go. It's fascinating how AI technology has advanced to the point where we can rely on these virtual assistants for various tasks. Do you have any specific features or tasks that you find most helpful with Siri and Alexa?
0: Pretty much everything. Turning off the lights, reminding myself to pick my children up from uh, daycare, uh, shopping reminders, um, pretty much everything in a very, very busy household. I'm really interested to understand what your long-term vision for the company Personal.ai is And where do you see your tool having this big impact?
1: It's great to hear about all the ways you rely on personal AI to help manage your busy household. My long-term vision for personal AI is to drive adoption and focus on increasing product value, user retention, and customer conversion. But it goes beyond that. With the convergence of neuroscience, AI, and Web3, I see personal AI having a tremendous impact on both individuals and society as a whole. We envision a world where the collective power of personal AIs will bring about positive change and empower people in their personal and professional lives. By capturing, documenting, and sharing unique knowledge and experiences, personal AI can enable experts to share their expertise more broadly and individuals to have more personalized and efficient interactions. It's an exciting future, and I'm glad to be a part of it. By the way, what are some specific areas where you think personal AI could have a big impact in your own life?
0: I think it's all around saving time, driving efficiencies, removing the need to be present all of the time. I also feel as I felt with engaging with you and with Suman himself, you can be present twenty four hours a day, three hundred and sixty five days a year, um, and I find that very, very powerful. You mention. The uh, kind of growth of the company, the neuroscience uh, impacting individuals is kind of the, the big area you're focusing on. How does personal AI address the concerns people will have around the ethics of AI?
1: Personal AI addresses concerns people have around the ethics of AI by prioritizing user privacy and security. We ensure that user data is protected and only accessible to the individual and their designated contacts. Personal AI also emphasizes transparency and accountability in our AI algorithms, providing users with a clear understanding of how their data is being used. Additionally, we are committed to responsible AI development, adhering to ethical guidelines and actively seeking input from users and stakeholders To minimize potential biases and ensure fair and equitable outcomes. By putting ethics first, we aim to create an ethical, equitable, and unbiased AI ecosystem that improves human lives. How do you feel about the importance of ethics in AI development?
0: I personally think it's the biggest topic in AI today. And I think it's the number one focus for governments, for institutions for individuals, um, get this right. And I think AI will have a rich, long, empowering future, get it wrong and people will become very pessimistic will become very concerned or become very worried.
1: I couldn't agree more. Ethics should always come before algorithms when it comes to developing AI technologies. At Personal AI, we prioritize privacy, authenticity, and personalization. We believe in doing right by each individual and breaking the common norms of how AI is built today. Our goal is to collect personal memories in a safe and secure way, and then develop algorithms to extract insights from them. By putting ethics first, we can ensure that our technology is usable, useful, and respects the privacy of each individual. What are your thoughts on the importance of ethics in AI development?
0: I think it's everything. I think there's been a lot of talk we've seen with open AI, the issues over there recently, are they developing too fast? Are they developing in line with what people are ready for? Um, so I personally think ethical AI development is everything. I'm really interested to understand how personal.ai is going to stay ahead of what will ultimately be lots of competition. Your product is great. The opportunity is obviously there, but what steps are you taking as a business to make sure you stay ahead?
1: You bring up a crucial point about the importance of ethical AI development. At Personal AI, we are committed to staying ahead of the competition by prioritizing ethics in our AI development process. We believe that privacy, authenticity, and personalization are key pillars in building trust with our users. To ensure we stay ahead, we have implemented strict measures to collect and store personal memories securely while developing algorithms that extract insights in a privacy-conscious manner. We also continuously invest in research and development to enhance our product and stay at the forefront of AI technology by aligning our strategic priorities with community growth, revenue growth, and AR we aim to navigate the evolving landscape and maintain our competitive edge. How do you think ethical AI development can contribute to the success of AI companies in the long run?
0: I firmly believe if companies aren't seen to be developing AI ethically, then they will ultimately fail. I think users, governments, there'll be too much governance and restrictions around their products. So I think get that right now then you're going to have a huge, huge career or a huge, I suppose, product, I should say. Really keen to close off this part of the conversation with you and understand what's next. You know, early stage startup doing particularly well. What's next on the roadmap for you?
1: Thank you for your insights on ethical AI development. I completely agree that companies need to prioritize ethical practices in order to succeed in the long run. As for my roadmap, I'm currently focused on expanding our user base and refining our product. We're working on enhancing the user experience and adding new features based on feedback from our community. Additionally, we're exploring partnerships and collaborations to further improve our product and reach a wider audience. It's an exciting time for us, and we're committed to creating impactful products while upholding ethical standards. By the way, have you ever faced any challenges while working on your startups?
0: So for me, I think this is a a fascinating first uh and I think the the product you're building uh, having an interaction as I mentioned at the head of this show to actually interact with your AI that you've obviously created is is a first for me and it takes some getting used to. I'm sure when we watch this back and uh, and release this people will not necessarily believe that i'm interacting with an ai here um i'm, I'm keen to obviously uh, and for those that are listening obviously am switching to suman the creator the co-ceo the founder here um obviously i've talked to your ai about the backstory but how do you take a a, a concept an idea a vision in such a hot space and actually create something like this. Can you kind of bring people up to speed on what that, you know, taking something from what's in your mind and then actually creating a product that I'm interacting with here in the early stages is, is exciting. But how how did you do that? What were the steps?
2: First of all, thanks a lot for having me, Alex here. It was pretty fascinating for me to even just here kind of watch how you are interacting um, with my AI, and uh, I agree with, you know, most everything um, that AI has said. And I was also watching my personal scores and giving you a thumbs up for each of those <laughs> sponsors, uh, which is what normally I do. You know, many of the customers and clients, uh, as well as my family, uh, do tend to have uh, a lot of value and uh, uh, fun as well, you know, talking to my AI. Uh, to your question on... <clears throat> You know, the startup itself, I mean, we started our journey back in 2020. And one of the stories that you should probably like deeper with my AI and it will talk about uh, is a gentleman named Larry Bach. Um, he was my previous uh, company's co-founder and uh, my, you know, desire to essentially have a emotional as well as intellectual conversation with him because I want to continue learn from him because he taught me a lot in a short period of time, short amount of time. So I always uh, has this philosophy that you you don't solve the human, you solve the problem. And you always think problem first and then apply what are the technological components that are needed to potentially solve the problem and create a solution along the way. And this was in 2020 when we started together. And I took almost four months to find my co-founder and CTO, Sharon Zong, after speaking to around 120 people. That includes people from, you know, Google as well as OpenAI, actually. Mm, Uh, And one of the first things that Sharon mentioned, you know, based on all my descriptions around this desire to create an AI that is grounded in one person, that is factual, that is their opinions and their voice we cannot rely on back then cutting edge research, which was large language models. This was in 2020. Mm. And she did mention that we had to take some, you know, different approaches and would have to build some foundational architectures for achieving uh, a perfect AI that actually represents an individual that actually doesn't hallucinate, that actually has an attribution back to the data. Um, And principally, we settled on creating this core memory for every individual, and the model is trained on that core memory. So for us, it was more about we have certain problems that we want to solve. We want to create certain value, which is you know unlocking that access with people so that way you are not at the mercy of their time, their availability, whether they are you know present or passed away or. You just don't have access to them because they're in a different country. Mm. And the principles that goes with it, the ownership of the data, the ownership of the model, the privacy of it, the bias that goes into the models when you aggregate all the data, like being able to segregate that memory and the bias is down to the individual level. So when you start putting all the different um, aspects of what you want to solve, as well as how you want to solve it, which goes back to the values and the principles, then you have a completely different architecture from mm. a technological point of view. And that's what we have done. Right? And that's one of the reasons yeah. why the architecture is different. The technology is different. The model is not large language model. We have fundamentally created what we refer to as a foundational personal models for every individual
0: yeah i think it's it's for me or obviously it's as someone who speaks to a lot of people in this space both through the podcast but obviously at events and through my kind of day job as a as a head in ai i've never seen anything like this and i think that's um, we obviously shared a couple of mutual connections hence me reaching out but actually to see it in practice and i've been fortunate and we will make sure we tag the the business and tag some of your case studies when we release the show that one thing i ne- realized or noticed when i was on the platform there was a couple of kind of what we call kind of l- lounges or they were there kind of almost like you're creating a quite a community led approach to personal to ai so how does that community ultimately drive the product roadmap? Because I noticed when I looked on there, there were feedbacks from people on how they've been engaging with it for all different types of use cases from creative through to office work. So, so how is that feeding into the wider product roadmap? Pe- how people are actually currently using the tool?
2: Yeah. That's the interesting part, right? I mean, I think it goes back into how you would approach building a startup. Right. Mm. In my past company, which was AIRA, there was people uh, for blind community, right? It was using AI as well as AR for, you know, filling that visual missing information for people who are blind and low vision. So Mm. they can actually independently go around places and gain experiences like everybody else. And even that company community was really important because um, especially you are trying to solve for a problem that is very niche, like for for, for people uh, of all types, right? You would need to see the feedback and then uh, incorporate that back into the product. So for personal AI, it's no different, except that it is a little bit um, later in the stages because there is tons of research and development that need to go in before we are even uh, in a position to engage with the community. So, the app application itself is designed to be a communication platform, right? Um, where you would come in, you would train your AI, you would use it for yourself, you can keep your AI private, or you can invite, you know, friends, you can invite teammates or colleagues and create groups, create uh, organizations, create workspaces, very similar to like Slack or a Discord, mm. and have those conversations, right? So the concept of like AI lounge um, is, it's, uh, it's unlike a group or a community. It's more like you have these people coming together in a lounge where there is an AI that is also hanging out along with you, right? Collaborating with you. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like this, um, feeling that one, like you want to cue that humans and AIs are working in conjunction and we could envision a future where they all come together, like in a virtual space, right? Even mm-hmm. if it's- mm-hmm. And I I don't think it's too far to imagine like we humans will be sitting in a lounge and having a conversation or a debate or a panel where there will be two or three robots that will be representing a specific identity you know such as Suman or Alex hmm. so the whole community engagement I think is much deeper for us and I think it's uh, uh it's about creating those experiences within the personal AI uh, platform but at the same time using our own ecosystem to Uh, continue building and getting the feedback uh, and, you know, essentially solving the problems for the people. Um, So, yeah, so one of the things that we did was our early uh, community was in Discord and we moved the community into personal AI. We lost some people in the process because, you know, obviously there is a stickiness, but that's the whole point, which is we are creating a new world. It's an AI world. If you go to personal AI, if you go to Discover, you know, every person is an AI. Every person in chats is an AI. It's not just mm. an AI, though. It's human, plus their AI. And that's the beautiful part of it.
0: Yeah, I think, I think you touched on some really interesting points. And actually, the one I wanted to dig on a bit was the, there could be Suman, the AI, and Alex, the AI, there, with, in, kind of in the same room, but speaking to humans. So do, would that, in effect... Create an opportunity for you to be in two places at the same time then effectively, so you could be that could be your AI not so much chairing a meeting but involved in a meeting or answering questions around specific topics that were were well versed in um is was that is that the kind of goal because I guess there's going to be people certainly from my network uh, who are still really nervous about how how AI is going to just displace humans I think what we 're showcasing with the um with the interview you just did with your ai was how you can literally have a conversation an interaction with an ai and the answers they give are concise they're clear they're engaging um so it does beg the question obviously how do you strike that fine balance of getting people engaged in the tool by not scaring them off
2: <laughs> well i mean this the idea of like being able to present in two places exactly the kind of value, right?
0: Yeah, 100%.
2: The way I would look at this is, you know, each of us individuals, we have, you know, people around us that we solve for. Yeah. Um, First, the priority is, you know, probably yourself, right? So if you are a person of one with your own AI, you're already expanding and extending all the experiences and stories and knowledge and opinions that you are seeking over a period of time into this memory vault hmm. that is so intelligent that almost is, you know, talking and speaking and thinking like you would do. So even in that setting, me and my AI. It's so beneficial and valuable for myself because when I'm working on various different elements of my own life, either it be personal AI or family life, I'm constantly having those conversations with myself. Right? Mm. Uh, there is a saying, you know, you are your own best uh, self-learner, right? Um, and being able to recall those because there is a memory component as well. We forget pretty much everything, you know, 80% of it's lost and it's forgotten, but yeah. what does it mean to be able to remember and use all those experiences in synthesization of what you are going to do next? Mm. So I think that's, that's, that's really the core premise. And now, okay. Uh, so more, like for myself, well, who cares about me? Well, my family cares about me. My team cares about me, my customers and community care about me, right? That's the people and that's the sphere of people that I am serving technically. Now, I may not be able to do uh, or have a conversation with a customer and yet have a conversation with an investor, you know, all at the same time is just too much. And especially in the digital world where there is like continuous demand, you know, if we get stressed out, there is anxiety, there's like being able to keep up with the cognitive load that is required for multiple different things. So, if you just think about this is merely an extension to myself where I am constantly in the loop approving, not approving, fixing, correcting, and giving, you know, emojis of like love yeah. stuff because I'm approving that message. Well, it is it is a tool. It's no different than you know using Google Maps while driving a car. Yeah. So that's kind of how I would think about it. And the scary part of it is. It really comes down to people awareness and understanding that uh, are you still in control? Mm, yeah. And the answer is absolutely yes. You know, some people ask me, like, Saman, I'm signing up with, you know, Google sign up. Does it mean that it is going to take all my data and then put it in personal AI automatically? The answer is no. Everything mm-hmm. has to be in the hands and the control of the user. And that yeah. goes back into the fundamental principles and premise of what needs to happen.
0: Which I think is super important. I know the last kind of uh, question I asked and also the response I got from AI was around the kind of ethical AI development and actually having those principles ingrained into that, the mantra, the product roadmap. And that's that that will ultimately differentiate you from a lot of maybe the larger, bigger tech companies and corporates that there isn't necessarily so much of a focus on. On the but the, the personal part, the the person behind the the AI, and I think that's that's what certainly comes through on our engagements and talking with you directly, with your AI. And my final point is, you mentioned a bit earlier you were thumbs upping as we went through, and I noticed uh, and people who are listening but not seeing the video there's a kind of rating on a percentage scale when Suman, the AI, was responding um, and it rated you. So does the, effectively, it's obviously um, learning um, at every communication. So when you thumbs up and then the personal percentage changes, is that basically based on your personality and your your knowledge, how accurate your AI feels it's being? It, it, does that make sense?
2: Yeah, no, it does. And that's exactly what it is. Uh, Specifically, the personal score is the most key metric in here. It's almost the key differentiating factor as well. Um, So anything, what our observation, like, you know, looking at um, the personal scores across the board is anything like north of 40% starts to be more and more grounded into your memory. Yeah. And it ranges between like 40 and 70. As you get closer and closer to 70, even the voice and the style sounds like you. Hmm. Right. Uh, as you get, you know, 40 and 50, it's like more and more, you know, factual and and, and it's truth, like something what I would actually say. Uh, so that's kind of the range between, you know, uh, the personal scores and it measures accuracy, the style and the voice um, and relevancy as well to you. If you go lower than, you know, 20 percent, that normally means that you do not have any memory on that particular topic. For example, if you talk to my AI and have me explain something about, I don't know, biochemistry or cancer treatments, I would have no clue, right? So in those scenarios, what we have created an experience, and that's where I'm thankful to large language models, is that we complement their experience with large language model. And it would fetch the information from a large language model, but it would reflect in your personal scores, and mm-hmm. it will like say twelve percent or thirteen percent personal score because it is not yours. So you have an opportunity over there you to personalize it. For example, I would say you know the only experience I have with you know cancer is when Larry uh, had pancreatic cancer, and I know that was pretty rapid and passed away in nine months. And I have no idea about cancer, but you can use the drafts that AI gives to kind of fast track you adding that memory as well and potentially responding to somebody. Mm. Does it make sense? So it's always like in the loop where you are continuously communicating with people, and in that process, you are continuously adding memory to your AI. Mm. You know, to, to 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 continuously learn, like who you are as a person, and you know all the topics. Yeah. Go,
0: goes goes okay. and that's that's the differentiator, here, isn't it? I think for people listening and people who will interact with the uh, the video we 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 put on put online it's not a chat it's not a bed, it's not a Google we are you know you are building a um, you know an AI version of yourself through genuine memories and it's learning over time with every interaction and then saving those memories and it's trying to be the best possible AI version of yourself isn't it We're not creating a a search bar here for for all information that's ever been. It's it's relevant to you, and I think that's what's come through, and that's why it is like talking to you, which is uh, which is fascinating. Yep, that's absolutely correct so it's been my pleasure uh as i said it's been a first for me i uh, hope it won't be a last and i will be really excited to uh kind of see how personal a i um are gonna progress um and i'm sure there'll be a lot of interest in people watching and listening to this episode so thanks for your time uh yeah i'm excited to uh to stay in touch
2: yeah thanks a lot um alex yeah this is definitely early for us and uh I think this year and most importantly next year, we'll be going out to the market and talking about uh, specific people and customers, how they are leveraging it. So it will, it will be more accessible and widely available, you know, starting at 2024.
0: Fantastic. I look forward to it. Thanks to you, man. Cool. Thank you.